Para bailar la bamba. So organic. Sound. Oh my gosh. Listen to this. Just just take it in. Ah, oh, this pen makes the most amazing sound ever. Well, welcome to our podcast. Uh, this is Perry Limer. And Sarah Richards. And uh, yeah, it's been a while since we recorded anything. Sorry, it's been such a long wait, but a lot has happened since then. Um, I mean, Corona's hit and, you know... We all are suffering a little right now, but that's okay. We're going to talk a little bit about uh, kind of some effects and things that we've noticed in our lives due to corona, but that's not what we're going to focus on because, I mean, we hear too much about this. Um, but yeah, let's start off. Sarah, what's going on in your life right now? What's, what's, what's new? What's new? Yeah. Um, we started a new semester yesterday, so... I'm really excited about all of my classes. Um, one of them is called health psychology, and that's kind of like the basis of what I'm studying. So I'm really excited for what I'm going to learn in that class and how that's going to further increase my passion for health and for psychology. So, but um, other than that, I'm learning how to cook Indian food. That's a Ooh. new thing. Um, learning how to Just do a little a, bit of curry. Yeah. Yesterday I made crockpot cashew chicken coconut curry. Ooh, yeah. So good. Curry's so good. My so dad would always make this random curry concoction that he would just throw together. He called it chicken Thai curry. And mm. it was so good. That was like my favorite meal growing up, growing up. But did you know that our friend Diego had never had curry until like two months ago. You're serious. Like, he has never had curry. And he was 24 years old and had never tasted curry. He was a curry virgin. Yeah. But did did you cure that? Oh, yeah, we did. Oh, good. Yep. We went to uh, our local food court and... Uh, local food court? Oh, uh, yeah, this was in Salt Lake City. Oh, So we went to like... a, a food court out in Salt Lake and got some, uh, got some good curry Indian food. And it was amazing. And he really likes it, so... Mm. Surprise, surprise. Mm. It's the best food. Yep. You can never good. go wrong. That's really good. Put curry in anything, it'll taste good. So true. Okay, that's a challenge for today. <laughs> Put curry in everything. Yesterday I went to the store and I bought rutabaga. What the heck is rutabaga? I don't know. And I also don't know if I'm pronouncing it correctly. But the little label said that you could cut it and oil it and season it, like with garlic powder, and make them like fries. Hmm. So I'm going to try that this week. I don't even know what this is it's, or what it looks like. Uh, it's a ball. <laughs> <Rude> burger. <laughs> <laughs> it's a ball. I don't know. I don't know. I'm going to watch YouTube videos on it because I have no idea. Okay. Report back on that one. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. My gosh. How it turns out. Okay. So you've been cooking curry. What else? What's up? What else is new? Um, spending lots of time outside. Yesterday I climbed Rexburg's version of a mountain and laid on top of it for an hour. Hmm. Um, Sounds fun. 
Yeah, it was really nice. Just go climb things and lay on top of them. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Um, there's like everything is new, but also everything is also the same. It's interesting. I mm. don't know. Um, do you know what I mean, though? No, I don't quite know what you mean. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm no not idea. sure. Like, there's a lot of new things in life, a lot of new... Because I feel like with a new semester brings a lot of new things, mm-hmm. but also a lot of things about my life are also the same. No, so, okay. like, nothing new dramatically has happened, but just, like, a lot of new little things. Okay. Does that make more sense? I guess that makes kind of sense. Yeah. Kind of. Kind of. A little <laughs> bit. Not. It's okay. You know. You can be honest, Perry. Oh, Sarah, we love you. <laughs> <laughs> Everything's new, but nothing's new. I don't know how else to describe it. Well, well. So, you've been, uh, I hear you've been um, practicing your uh, headstands. Oh, yes, yes, yes. I'm trying to learn how to do a headstand. And then we'll build up to a handstand. But right now, we've got to do a headstand. Oh, yeah. So and the first that time. Been going? The first time I tried it, because they say to do it up against a wall. So so how do you go about this? Do you like do you like get up against the wall like real tight and then just like full force throw your body into the wall? Well, you try to be a little more gradual. Oh, so okay. like you it's important to not put the weight on your head and you want to put the weight on your arms. But it's called a headstand. I know. But it's just it looks like you're on your head and you are like you should be able to push up on your arms. Like that's oh. how little weight is oh, on wow. your head. So, I've been doing this wrong the whole time. Well, <laughs> well, it's a headstand, dis- no, it's a handstand disguised as, as a headstand. A, yeah, mm-hmm. that, okay, mm-hmm. that makes sense. But mm-hmm. tricky. But um, what's another important thing is you do a triangle. So like you don't want to make a line with your head and your hands. You want your head to be the point of the triangle and okay. your arms to be the other two points okay. lower. So Sarah, how's this been going for you? Well, the first time I tried it. I went up against the wall, and I used too much force. Like, instead of, like, trying to have control movement, I kind of just threw myself. And then I did a somersault, and my neck went places that it should never go. And now you're a contortionist. And now I'm a contortionist. <laughs> so I'm just going to drop out of college and join the circus. Yep. So I, like, laid there because I thought I might be paralyzed, but I was just being dramatic. Oh. So we're fine. Crazy, so. crazy. Wow, wow. Any tips for learning how to do headstands? I'm here. I'm here for them. Well, that's that's good. I mean, you've been you've been doing a lot of good things with the time you. <laughs> Can you do a, a headstand? A headstand? Uh, yeah, I actually learned it doing yoga. I I learned to how to do a headstand. Yeah, oh. I, I bring my hips up first, and then you my legs, teach me. and it's a lot easier. I don't really like fling into it. I like, I like, put my head down on the floor, then get my hips above my head, and then I let go of my feet, like, from the floor, and, like, bring them up. Yeah, that's how you're supposed to do it. Yeah, it works but until just... I fall over. <laughs> yup. <laughs> and crash and burn like a, wh- like a whale hitting, hitting a wave after jumping. <laughs> that's the best way of describing it. Can whales jump out of... Water? Yeah, yeah. Look it up. Whales can, like, get, like... 10 feet out of the water. Like, not completely. Like, their tails are still in the water. But, like, their complete upper section Body? is, like, but out of like the water. Dolphins. And then they just slam back onto the water. <laughs> I don't know why they do it. It looks kind of painful. <laughs> if you have ever belly flop. Yeah, you know, that's what I'm imagining. Imagine a, a 
ten a ten ton whale belly flopping. Belly flopping. Hmm. Yeah. I'll have to look that up. You know, that's how I feel. My life goes sometimes. It's <laughs> <laughs> like a 10-ton whale belly, belly flopping. flopping into the ocean? Yeah. But, mm. you know, there's something, like, free about that, you know? That's You're true. like, that whale is free. <laughs> you know it, what's going to hurt? It, it, it looks like it hurts, but that whale is free. <laughs> and, you know, that's what I'm going for. There you go. Uh, yeah, mm. man. Well, on that note, uh, let's get to one of our topics for today. Um, and that was self-compassion. Sarah, you brought this topic up and you want to talk about it. Just give us a little introduction to self-compassion. Yeah. Um, self-compassion, first and foremost, let me just start by saying that this is an area that I'm really interested in and I want to learn more about and I want to discover what's true for me about self-compassion and what's true in general about self-compassion because I've heard a lot of different perspectives and takes and opinions and applications Mm. of self-compassion. So first off, let's set the stage a little bit. What is self-compassion? So I looked it up and self-compassion means that to extend compassion to oneself in instances of perceived inadequacy, failure, or general suffering. So in other words, it's when when we perceive, because of our values, we perceive that we have done something that is adequ- or equivalent to a failure or, uh, or we're, we're, we're suffering because what we're doing isn't lining up to what we believe in some way. And that is when we need to extend compassion and that's that's what self-compassion is 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 having compassion on oneself even though we're not we feel like we're not at uh living our potential we're not living up to what how we think we should be living exactly yeah so i think establishing that definition is really important because mm-hmm. one of the problems that i have with one of the applications of self-compassion is how people have been using it and how self-compassion and self-love are kind of becoming a little bit tainted in my eyes just because I feel like a lot of people are using it as an excuse to do things that they know aren't good for them or that are unnecessary, like eating unnecessary amounts of food day in and day out, um, spending unnecessary amount of money because it's for, in air quotes, self-love, um, And I feel like that when we continuously do harmful things to ourselves in the name of self-love, that can have more of an opposing effect on us. Especially if we're telling ourselves that I am going to continue to stuff my face week in and week out um, out of self-love. Not only are we lying to ourselves, (laughs) but we're just making our headspace more confused. Because... If we're not living healthily, we're going to start seeing adverse effects. And then our brain and our body are going to be experiencing um, confusion. Because it's telling us one thing and we're experiencing something else. We're not going to... F- so so let, me, let me try and figure out if I'm understanding this right. So you're saying that if we do something... Just tell ourselves that we're we're we're, we're loving ourselves, we're accepting ourselves by like, for instance, eating a lot of food. Um and we're telling ourselves that this will help us love ourselves more. 
but it doesn't help us yeah love ourselves more in reality mm-hmm. it's just something we're telling ourselves mm-hmm. but it's not something that actually works right okay so how do we know if it will actually work or not I don't know. I think that's kind of the hard balance that we're trying to find that I think that having self-compassion for yourself, it may come from actions, but it really comes from being one with yourself, right? A lot of what you can experience in meditation Mm -hmm. when you're meditating, you, um, I mean, there's different types of meditation, but general, like your generic version of meditation, it's you and your thoughts and your breathing. That's mm. it. Okay. That's it. And being still oftentimes is one of the best gifts you can give yourself. It's one of the best forms of self-compassion. Okay, so so to be one with yourself, you have to become one with yourself and understand yourself and your body and be left alone with it to listen to it, I guess, in a way. That's kind of mm-hmm. what meditation is, right? Mm-hmm. It's listening to your body but also kind of drowning out judgment mm-hmm. in a way okay and i wouldn't necessarily say drowning out judgment because that's where for example eating a lot of food comes from we're trying to drown out something oh i guess okay that makes sense the thing about meditation is that if we want it to be judgment free that means number one we have to spend time with ourselves, and when we spend time with ourselves. And nothing is buffering our emotions. No food, no exercise, no movies, no media, nothing to distract us. It's us with our raw self. That means that we're going to see the ugly and we're going to feel the ugly. So oftentimes when I'm meditating, um, some of my not favorite things about myself will come up in my mind and will surface. And this is where you get to practice self-compassion. I'm not going to eat food while I'm meditating as a form of self-love, but okay. I'm going to spend time with myself. Okay. And I'm going to be with myself in the ugly, in the raw, and in the vulnerable. And I might cry a little bit. Um, I might feel my breathing start to pick up. Um, but then you just need to continue to be still. Continue to be still. Okay, and in that moment, that's where the self-compassion comes in because you realize you aren't maybe meeting your own expectations, your own um, uh, ideals and morals, maybe. You might be in conf- confrontation with them. Um, and, but you're, you're just observing that and accepting it. Is that kind of what, what self-love is? Or? Have you ever had a conversation with someone that you love dearly um, after maybe a big disagreement or a big misunderstanding or mm-hmm. you were both hurt. Yeah. Um, and then you talk about it with each other and you're able to see their point of view and they're able to see your point of view. And yeah. then you kind of cry and hug at the end and your love and understanding for that person has grown tremendously because of the communication you just had. Yeah. That happens to me. all. I cry in like every other conversation. <laughs> if you know me, I'm, I'm a very emotional person. <laughs> so, Imagine and picture those conversations you've had with those individuals and this self-love and self-compassion you can experience with meditation is kind of the same thing, but with yourself. So it's like a reunification with yourself. Yes. Uh, And it's like because of misconceptions and misunderstandings with yourself. Yes. So, and it's like not like in a multiple personality kind of way, (laughs) 
and just start doing a golem right yeah no no nothing like that and all respect to people who struggle with that because that is very real but in a sense of just being able to understand yourself in a different perspective and maybe you're upset that you didn't achieve a certain goal but maybe take time and replay the steps of maybe what was preventing you from achieving that and just because Mm -hmm. you didn't achieve it then doesn't mean you still can't yeah I mean, some things come and go, some opportunities pass, but more opportunities Mm -hmm. are always going to come. But yeah, think of that conversation that you've had with a friend, someone that you love dearly. um, Where you like really feel like you understand the person mm -hmm. and you connected with them and you're like on one page after that. And it just feels like that, you know, that really deep, good feeling Mm -hmm. there. I think that that's really what it comes down to is to have to be able to have that deep connection and trust and bond with yourself um something i noticed today and i thought about this today and i was like man it's so much easier for me to do something when um i'm doing it for someone else or because i committed to someone else to do this and this actually came up because i'm it was in my one of my business classes and we we have to do a project um a semester project where we have to commit to do something and it's something that will help us become some the person we want our and picture ourselves becoming um and then we have to stick to it but the the point of this this project was to help you trust yourself more and connect with yourself more to be able to do things and it's all i mean this is an organizational leadership like class and it has to do with being able to trust yourself will help other people trust you as well. Mm-hmm. I think that's the same thing with with self-compassion. You know, if you if you do not have compassion for yourself, you won't be able to really fully have compassion or um for other people and um you'll be a lot more harsh on other people if you're just harsh on yourself all the time and uh aren't understanding with yourself. It'll be hard to do that for other people. I believe well. that wholeheartedly. But yeah, so I was thinking, back to what I was thinking. I was thinking, why is it so much harder for me to do this for other people than for myself? Why is it so much harder to do things for myself than for other people? And I think it has to do with this. That, that like, I don't, I guess I'm not compassionate enough, maybe not. Uh, it, it won enough with myself to to be able to reach goals that I put just for myself. I could be in some time, in some situations. I I think it's way harder, you know, because I don't know. I don't know why. Something I was thinking about today, and maybe I'll put some research into that, and uh, come back uh, next time and, and talk a little bit about what I found. Do it. It's interesting though. I think that a lot of the advice that we're given about how we should interact and treat others is rarely included in how we should interact and treat ourselves mm. with ourselves. So the way we build relationships and strengthen them is by spending time with other people, mm-hmm. by connecting with them, by being vulnerable, by communicating, by doing things. Um, do we do those things with ourselves right do we do those things with ourselves do we communicate with ourselves are we vulnerable with ourselves and that's 
it's hard to be vulnerable with other people, but sometimes I think it's even harder to be vulnerable with ourselves because once again, we're uncovering the raw aspects because, yeah, other people can give us things, right? If we're vulnerable with someone, they might give us compassion mm-hmm. or they might give us just, we might get more attention or whatever it may be. But if we're vulnerable with ourselves, that the only purpose for that is to change or to become better or to uh, improve. And sometimes that's, that's way harder because we're not necessarily gaining anything from someone else as we do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's more of just a raw, hard, like you know everything like but you need to face it right and i i almost don't think that we can um give ourselves self-compassion if we're not vulnerable with ourselves i don't think we can do it because for me the way that i am is really through meditation and i'm sure there's so many different other ways that you can be honest and spend time with yourself and be with yourself i just think meditation is one of the quickest most effective ways Um, and when I am in the mornings and I'm, I'm doing it, um, and an, an ugly part of the mortal Sarah comes up, that is an opportunity for me to show love to myself. Really good. So to wrap this all up, I guess, what would you, what would you say is self-compassion and something that, that is a healthy thing? about self-compassion or what what should we be more aware of with self-compassion i think we need to be aware that self-compassion leads to a healthier individual a more united individual with them with themselves mm-hmm. um being able to identify truth mm-hmm. in general and what's true for them yeah um and i think something crucial to express self-compassion is spending time with yourself and being still. You got to be still. Hmm. Interesting. Cool. And then one other thing that I that came to mind that I looked up um, about self-compassion is that it is um, that we accept ourselves as we are um, and realize that um, when we do things, when we fail, or when we do things that we perceive to be a failure, um, that that is just a building block, that that is just something to help us become better, um, that we're all imperfect. Um, and it's not, it's not that self-compassion is not that we, we have an excuse every time we do something wrong, we're like, ah, that's fine. I have self-compassion. Uh, I can just keep living this way. It's not necessarily that it's, that we acknowledge that we aren't perfect, that we are going to fail, but that we can become better. Um, and that, I guess, is a, is a really important distinction, that it is a growth mindset, not, not just a fixed mindset. Mm-hmm. Um, that that's really important. Well, cool. So something else that we, um, we decided we're going to try uh, is share healthy mental habits each, each episode uh, and share just one small thing at the end of each episode. Um, and yeah, today's healthy habit, healthy mental habit is going to be to spend face-to-face time with someone, um, intentionally dedicate some time to building a relationship with someone that, you know, uh, and do that in a face-to-face manner. Right now it's kind of hard because I mean, we're all in quarantine for the most part. And, um, 
it's kind of hard to see people sometimes and not feel bad about doing that. Um, so it might just be giving a friend a call or FaceTime and, and making sure that they know that you called because you thought of them and you wanted to, you thought they were special enough to, to reach out to them and just have some quality time of some sort, whatever that may be, um, to strengthen the relationship. Just reach out to someone because that will help you be uh, healthier in your mental health. Um, having a connection with someone will be will be very beneficial. Uh, and spending spending intentional intentionally t- like spending time on some individual. Uh, will make you feel better about yourself, but also help you have stronger relationships, which will also support you in your mental health. Um, so yeah, try that out. Um, and yeah, let us know what how, how it goes. And, and also, if you have any uh, suggestions on how to be better at self-compassion, please reach out to us and tell us. Um, we would love to hear it and also share what you shared with us, with our listeners. So, yeah, please do that. I guess, do we have anything else that we want to share, Sarah? Mm-hmm. I always have things I want to share, but I think that's... Last, at the end of last semester, in one of my classes, we learned that people who have a good social network are healthier people. Like, there's scientific evidence showing that people with a, a good social group have healthier immune systems and are uh-huh. able to overcome like sickness easier so there you go guys there you go that's the cure for coronavirus cure for corona connection is the cure for corona (laughs) and we're doing exactly the opposite (laughs) well i don't know if that's good or bad but we'll see we'll find out i'm interested to see the statistics on how many people got sick during this time not from coronavirus and if that went up Hmm. we'll see well Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for listening. Uh, We appreciate you. And hopefully we'll uh, upload another episode here soon um, and not make you wait as long as we have this last one. Two and a half months. Two and a half months. (laughs) A lot has happened. It's craziness. We have a lot more to talk about. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah. Thanks for listening. Appreciate it. We love you all. Okay. Okay.